Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, Episode 99. I'm welcoming back Scout Sobel, the founder of Scout's Agency. Scout's Agency focuses on podcast PR, and 90% of her clients are women. Scout has a passion for sharing about her entrepreneurship story and journey with mental illness. I first heard of Scout when she got in touch with me to pitch some podcast guests. I was so impressed by her organization and her clarity. She just seemed to know exactly what I needed to know about podcast guests. That's why it's no surprise to me that she grew her business to six figures in less than a year. Today, I'm asking Scout about her incredible business growth and what suggestions she has for those who want to turn a passion or idea into a thriving business. Scout is honest and confident, and man, is she fun to have on the podcast. If you haven't listened to my first episode with Scout, it's episode 64. Make sure to check it out and then come back and keep listening to this one. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm Jessica Zimmerman, and this is Zimmerman Podcast. I'm a serial entrepreneur, mom to three, and professional oversharer who has spent a decade building my business and helping others do the same. From wedding floral design to business education, features in Martha Stewart Weddings and Forbes magazine, and even writing and publishing my best-selling memoir, Sleeping with a Stranger, my business has kept growing, evolving, and changing year after year, just like me. Because the best thing about building a strong business is the freedom it gives me to live a full life. And that's what Zimmerman Podcast is all about, sharing real, transparent, in-the-moment reflections about how to live a life build a business, and lead a family through the good, the hard, and the messy. That's what we're doing each week right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Welcome to the show. Scout, today I want to hear about your first year in business. So you grew Scout's agency to a six-figure business in just one year. And that year didn't come without some intense highs and lows. So talk to me about that. Yeah. So I started Scout's Agency in February of 2019. And I started it because I had a podcast with my sister. And essentially, we hired a PR agency to handle some of our stuff and to manage some of our guests. And after being really underwhelmed with the opportunities that were coming through the door within two months, I realized that I kind of had to pick up the slack and do their job and I enjoyed it. And so I decided what would happen if I just made a media kit and reached out to podcasts and offered them three different services. And I had no expectations. I had no business plan. I had nothing. I had a lot of excitement. I was like buzzing with energy. I I couldn't send out emails fast enough. And I sent out, I think in the first week or two, a thousand emails to a thousand podcasters. And I slowly but surely started signing clients and I had 10 clients by I think July. Um, I had quit my full-time job in June and I was really niched into the podcast world. And after bringing in results and figuring out track records and kind of understanding the marketplace, I was able to identify which services were most popular and where that cap was for what people would pay for that service. And I've since expanded from the podcast world into representing all sorts of people, mostly women, brands, businesses, products, entrepreneurs, authors. And we offer three services. If you 
do have a podcast. We book out your season or your show. So we've booked big people like Brian Grazer, Amy Porterfield, um, Sophia Moroso, Byron Katie, Marie Forleo, uh, Jillian Michaels, uh, people, Colby Calais, people like that. And then our second service, which is one of our most popular, is doing podcast tours for people. So we get you, if you have a book or a company that you want to promote, we get you on a bunch of podcasts, kind of like a book tour, but a podcast tour. And then our third service is just traditional PR. So we've gotten our clients in Vogue, Marie Claire, Who, What, Where, um, Essence, Domino, stuff like that. So I just know from being in marketing for a, a while, just having to, you know, I've just kind of bootstrapped it, right? Just learned as I go that you've got to, a lot of ways in are knowing people. So did you just, did you, are, are you just like me where you're just super determined and you're like, I'm not going to take no for an answer because once you kind of knock the door down and you finally get a name from, from a certain camp, if you will, you know, then it's easier to kind of get something going. But at the beginning when no one knows, knows who you are, it, you can hear a whole lot of no's at first. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I managed my expectations. I had no contacts whatsoever um, at all. And I have a philosophy in numbers that it's a business game. So the more you put out, the more chances you are to get something back in return. And I also know that the amount of people you have to reach out to is quite disproportionate to the amount of people that will say yes to you. So in, I don't know, 2,500 podcasts that i emailed, I got 10 clients. And that's a number that most people I think would probably be discouraged of, but I think that's a pretty good success rate there um, for having no track record, nothing to my name. So I think that it's, in my opinion, it's A, a lot easier to get connected to people than one would think if one is willing to really put in a lot of work. You might not get to figure A that you really want, but you might get to figure C and that's pretty impressive too. And then you build from there. So it's not about knowing that you're going to get to everybody you want to, but it is about knowing that if you put the work in, you will develop relationships that will ultimately push you, your clients and your business forward. How did you know that this was a viable business that could make money and not just an interest or a hobby? Uh, once I made more money in a month or just about the same money that I was making at a pretty good salary job, I realized that there was money in this, that I could make it a viable business. Um, but I was still living in that uncertainty where my clients were not on three to six month contracts. Um, so I took a lot of risks in leaving my full-time job. I did it very early. Um, I did a lot of things really early actually, which I would rationally advise not to, but they worked out in my favor. Um, so yeah, once I realized that I was making pretty good money, um, I, I realized that I could scale this. And this all came from simply starting a podcast with your sister and hiring someone else to do it and realizing, oh, wait, I could do this. Yeah. they, I, Yeah. It was, I was disappointed with the results and we had a trip to New York in a week and they were supposed to book us all these guests and we spent all this money on a trip to New York and we didn't have the money to spend and they had no guests lined up for us. And so I got to work and in four days I booked 10 guests and I fell in love with that process and thought it was really exciting. And so I just had this graphic designer that I know make me a media kit. I made a website on Squarespace real quick. I mean, I started the company with like $100, you know? Yeah, It wasn't, you know, you don't need something crazy. I mean, of course, if you're a product-based business, but if you're a service-based business, you really don't need an investment to start. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You can you can just get started. I think enough grit and enough determination, you can do anything, to oh, be honest. 100%. <laughs> so how did you make money and get paid what you were worth? Or did it take a minute to get paid what you were worth, especially when you're just starting out? Did you know what to charge? Did you kind of go based on, you know, based off of what you had paid someone else? Like, how did you even determine what to charge and how to get paid? Yeah. So I based it on what I had paid the the agency that I had hired, but I had no idea. I had no idea how much work it would be for each account. I had no idea. I, I really had no clue. And I think why a lot of people went with me was that I was willing to do the work with on a month-to-month basis for pretty cheap until I built a, you know, a reputation or um, a track record where I could say, no, I could do this for you. Like for sure, you know, I know what I'm doing. Um, so in the beginning, I took you know, low rates, had a lot of clients, worked really hard. And then over time, as I developed a reputation and developed uh, results from these clients, um, I was then able to test the market. And, you know, I know which services are a little, you know, capped. You know, I don't know if I could go much higher in that service. And I know what service there's definitely room for potential as I continue to grow. And then I started chasing after the service that had more potential to bring in more revenue. So it was just kind of a trial and error and figuring out where the market was and who was paying for what. And then going towards the people that would pay the price point that was not... And even today, like our price point for traditional PR is cheap and we get national coverage. So I'm not by any means over charging. I'm quite undercharging still because I'm still new and I'm still hustling and I'm still growing and I'm okay doing that to make those relationships and to prove myself before kind of, you know, scaling up that quickly. What was the number one thing that kept you consistently showing up that first year? People ask me a lot, what motivates you? And I always say, it's not about motivation. It's about commitment. You just have to be committed every day. So what I mean, you consistently showed up. What was the thing that made you do that? Simply, I wanted it. And when you want something, you go for it. And I don't think – I never thought about it too much. I didn't let fear get in the way or my ego or overanalyzing or talking about it. Um, I just went with action. I love action. I love execution. I don't like ideas. I don't like talking. I don't like analyzing. I like execution. And execution makes me feel good. And so in that sense, when I execute, I feel good. So yeah, part of it is in me um, that I am just drawn to create things. It balances my energy. It balances my anxiety. It balances everything. And it puts all the crazy stuff in my head and it gives me an outlet to pour that energy into something else. If someone's having problems with motivation, there's either two problems, two reasons why. One, they don't want it hard, you know, bad enough, badly enough. They don't want it. Or two, they are living in a place where they don't either think they deserve that sort of success or they don't think they can do it. They don't have the confidence and they're letting fear stand in the way. So once you can determine which one of those two things it is, then you can either work on yourself emotionally and build your self-confidence and go for it or choose another project that pulls at your strings a little bit more. I feel like I just kind of met my spirit animal, if I'm going to be completely honest, because I've never related more than when you said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to, I don't want to have all the idea. I just want to execute and execution makes me happy. I am the same way. People ask me, they will say, well, I have a friend who does this and my husband does this often. Well, why did they say that? Well, how did they get into that. Well, I, I don't know. I don't care. I, I I need them to do X for me. And they said they could. And that's all, that's all I care about. I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah. I didn't ask how they're going to do X or why, why, you know, what, 
what school they went to to have the capabilities to do. I don't care. I just, it's getting done and I'm going to move on to the next thing. You know, I, I've just never related more. I love it. Yeah, no, that, and that's a big thing. People love talking and thinking and whatever and where did you go to school and what's your experience? But I mean, it's about the results for me. It's about the execution. That's where the fun stuff is. Same. I say quit thinking, start doing. Yes. Yes. You will never do you will never get anything done if you just if you think about it, because then you overthink and then you get scared. And it's just not, yeah, it's just not good. Just do. Yes. If you want to build a great business or live a good life, you've got to plan for it. Every year, I take a whole month to reevaluate the past 12 months and figure out what worked, what didn't, and how I can create a life I love for the following year. I teach you my exact planning process in my program, Know Your Numbers, annual planning for your best year. If you want a free training to get some tips on planning your best year yet, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash KnowYourNumbers. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash KnowYourNumbers. When you're building a business, it's easy to feel like you have to go all in and that you'll figure out how to have a balanced life later. I, I'm kind of someone who goes all in, like anything that I do, I'm all in. I, it's kind of a habit of mine, with whether it's business or whether it's planning a vacation or whatever. I'm not a, a, a good half-ass person. I'm kind of an all-in person. But for you, there are some non-negotiable things you need to do to stay healthy or you won't be able to function. How did it help you knowing that you couldn't work you know, 20 hours a day or skip out on therapy, therapy that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good at going long hour working. I think it's more about the way you work versus the hours. So when I'm working, I am so hyper-focused. Like no one talked to me. I'm getting my shit done. I am crossing things off. I'm not spending 30 minutes talking to my coworker here or 20 minutes scrolling on Instagram here. And then you're like, I worked a 12-hour day, but how many how many hours did you really work, right? Um, you know, I don't really – for me, this works for me. I don't take a lunch break. I just eat while I work. It's better for me to go eight to 10 hours a day, nonstop, very focused, in the zone. I get so much done than kill myself working 80-hour weeks when the focus isn't completely there and it's not – you know, it's about optimizing your schedule during the day and it's about getting the most done you can in the shortest amount of time with not compromising quality, of course, and integrity. So I just – when I'm working, I'm working and that's it. I'm not kind of over here, kind of over there, taking things extra long. That's why I don't ever do um, hour-based projects because I believe that I can work faster in an hour than some people can because I just shout, I shut everything off and that's what I'm doing. And it's kind of like a meditative trance in that way. So if you can really cut out the distractions, you're, you'd be surprised how much you can get done without burning out and while also having plenty of time to take care of yourself during the day. I mean, eight hours a day, there's so many more hours in the day that there's time for you. And I spend the first hour of my day without my phone on, without my computer, journaling, meditating, reading, skincare, drinking coffee, being alone. And then I spend the last hour of my day phone away, reading, meditating, spending time alone. And then I spend a few hours with my husband every day. And so there's a lot more time than I think that we think there is. And I think that if we just tightened up our distractions, you would find that you don't actually have to work that much um, to get stuff done. I've, I mean, I feel like 
you just took every thought and feeling that I have and and (laughs) you just said it. Because I'm telling you, I've never spoken to anyone who feels this strongly. I I am also hyper-focused and I'm one who... I'm like, right now I have my mom hat on and now I'm working and these are my, you know, this is my, these are my hours to work and I'm going to be phone off, email off, you know, no social media. I'm just going to get my work done. And yeah, when you do that and you can be kind of hyper-focused, you get a lot done and then you are able to have a lot more day outside of your work to do other things, to be with people you love and to take care of yourself and all of that. I also find for me waking up early, I wake up at 4.30 and I get an hour and a half to myself before my kids wake up and my husband and everything. And I find that that's super helpful. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have to have an hour to myself in the morning, just me, just without anybody. Yes. Oh, it's the best. It's like the sweetest hour. I love it. So how were you able to structure your life the way you wanted once your business was more stable? Did you have to, did you quit your job, go full time into this and then go, okay, what hours do I want to work? What hours do I not want to work? Like, how did you kind of figure out how you wanted your life to be and look like? Yeah. So um, once I quit my day job, I I just work nine to five, really. I keep the same structure kind of as everybody. And partly why I keep that structure is because that's really when my clients are interacting with me or when people are getting back to me. And so I don't really like taking time off when I know that my email is buzzing and there might be something that somebody needs. So when I take time off, I want to be able to feel like, okay, I don't need to look at my email right now because it's after a certain hour and it's expected that I'm not going to get back to them until tomorrow. So I just kind of adopt the working hours that the world has created and they work for me. I'm a morning person, so I like starting early and I kind of like sometimes like ending early and spending the rest of the day off. So I work Monday to Friday. I take Saturday, Sunday off pretty much completely. And that structure really works for me. Do you work in your home? Do you have like a a room, an office? Do you work from your bed? Like what do you, what do you do? Yeah. So we have an office in uh, Little Italy, San Diego. And obviously, I don't know when this is being released, but right now we're recording this during the coronavirus. So we're not using it right now, but we do have an office. So I go into the office. Isn't that great? It, it's it, it so really nice. Does, yeah. It mentally helps you to to separate like, okay, now I'm going into work and I can put on my work hat and focus on that, which is really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you think if there's someone out there listening who, man, they really want their own space, but they're just not in a place yet to to have that, how can they set themselves up for success with their with their business without having a separate office? Yeah, I mean, it really depends what you're looking for. It's creating probably a space in your apartment that even if it's just a corner where you have control over what goes on the walls and what the what your desk look like and you know, really creating that ambiance. I'm all about an ambiance and a setting and, and and a vibe in a room. And so find a place in your house that works there and that's where you go to work and you only sit there when you work so that you know, you know, working from your bed is not energetically that great because then it's hard for you to turn your mind off when you're in bed, you know, not understanding the physical boundaries of work and play. So definitely figuring out a space in your house that really is 
separate. But also if you know you can't afford an office, quote unquote, there's so many co-working opportunities where you can pay a couple hundred bucks and be able to work in, you know, a beautiful room and a beautiful setting. I know the wing, we don't have it in San Diego, but it's like 250 bucks, I think, a month. And you can go work there every day and that can be your office and you can have your chair that you sit in or whatever it is. So there are cheaper options if you really feel like you need to leave the house and you can't work at your home. Um, obviously, if you don't want to afford that, coffee shops, you know, wherever you can get out. But if you are working from home, I would definitely designate a work, either room, if you don't have a room, a corner, an area, a space that is just dedicated for work. That's good advice. I like that. What's one thing you do every day to further your business? Every day to further my business, I would say it's taking care of myself mentally because there's this quote in um, The Ego is the Enemy book by Ryan Holiday, and it's, I'm going to paraphrase it. It basically says that working on yourself helps you professionally, but rarely the other way around. So when you work on yourself personally to be more fulfilled, inspired, creative, energetic, whatever it might be, that's how your business thrives. And so my business and me are very spiritually connected, very emotionally connected. And so I know that my mindset is the most important thing for my business. I have sent emails, the same pitch letter coming from a shit mood with bad energy and gotten no responses. And the minute I send it with a good energy, with great intention, I get all these responses. Same pitch letter. You can call it timing, but I've seen it happened to me over and over again. So every day for my business, I show up for myself first. Yes. Oh, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. That's so, so good. Do you have an ultimate goal for Scouts Agency or a direction you hope to go in? Because I think it's fascinating how much knowledge and wisdom you have about business and you've only been doing this a little over a year. It's kind of mind-blowing. Well, I should preface and say that when I was 22, I had the idea to start my own magazine and I raised $10,000 and what started with wanting to just print it at Kinko's and sell it to the homies or give it out for free, my mind went crazy and I started researching really intense printers and raising all this money and we had a three-issue run and the second issue was sold and we got picked up by a distributor. It was sold nationwide on newsstands. And then Barnes & Noble actually contacted us for our third issue. And we had the musician Halsey on the cover. And that was my first go at business. It was the most rewarding experience. I learned so much. But on a financially side, it wasn't super viable. And I had an investor come in and buy me out essentially. I was a minority owner and together we rebranded the magazine into entitymag.com and I became the director of operations for that startup. Um, And then the company needed to move to Los Angeles and I couldn't make the move because my husband was in a PhD program out here. And so I took some time off, did some Instagram stuff. Then I started working for my mom a little bit, helping her out. That became my full-time job for a little bit. She has a tech startup. And then I jumped into Scouts Agency. So I had gone through a bunch of iterations of projects, but I had never been able to make one financially viable just from my own two hands. So, and that's what I always tell entrepreneurs. People will say, I like to start things and quit things. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm figuring it out. I'm finding what is the thing that'll stick. And I now have found that and I'm so grateful, but I've been on this journey since 22, you know, figuring it out, learning new things. So I've never worked a real job. Um, I've never worked in an office or like in a corporate setting. I've never had like a, a real boss. They've all been startups and either my mom or my business owner, business partners. So it's, I've had an interesting experience. 
Want to know the first step to booking more clients? You've got to have a website. And not just any website, but a site built to book. If you're just starting your business, you're probably wondering how you can share about your work, gain clients, and start making money. The answer to all of these things is your website. When I first started my business, I didn't have the money to pay a professional brand expert to create the brand you see here today, but I didn't have to. I used the resources I had to invest in my business and create a brand that would attract the type of client I wanted to work with, supported by a website that was built to transform searching brides into lifelong clients. If you want a simple guide to how to create a site that books without having to invest thousands in a branding expert before you're ready, you need a winning website. To learn more, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash website. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash website. Do you ever worry about getting bored? Yes. Or feeling like, <laughs> oh, I've done it. Like, like I feel like anytime I've kind of achieved something in business, I have to pivot and move on. It's like, what's the point in continuing to do it? Like, I just wonder if there's a part of you who's like, okay, so I know I can get these, get, get someone these 20 podcasts for a tour. Like, okay, I can do that. What else is there to do? You know, do you, what kind of drives you in that way? Are you worried about getting bored or is that to me, I think that's just also natural entrepreneurship. You're just also always looking at the next thing. Yeah, totally natural entrepreneurship. And that happens to me all the time, but you just kind of like pivot in a sense that, you know, you grow, you expand, you switch gears, you challenge yourself in other ways. And then maybe you pass down the thing that you've mastered to your team and then you pursue the next big thing in the company or you pursue a side hustle. And, you know, there's just different ways to kind of combat that. But I think that figuring out how to grow a company, you know, to where I've grown it in the year is amazing. And now my biggest focus is how do I sustain a growth pattern over the next few years? So that's like my new challenge kind of. It's not such a um, immediate gratification challenge. It's more of a long-term goal. So that's kind of where I'm stepping into. I love playing the long game. It's, it's the best. Most people don't like to play it. They want they want that instant gratification, but the long game is where it, it can get real gratifying. What is your favorite way to take a break from business? My favorite way to take a break from business is either having a glass of wine with my girlfriends or spending the evening with my husband like on the couch with our dogs watching a movie or being with my dad or mom or sister. Um it's really just about being with the people I love, really, is how I unwind. Mm -hmm. Okay, final question. Do you believe in taking sabbaticals, taking, you know, like long chunks of time off of work, like whether it's a couple weeks or a month, just to kind of do you? You know, that's something I really struggle with. I, If you can figure out a way in your business to make that financially viable and have things not come to a halt and have your team pick it up while you're gone, more power to you. I think in the beginning of the company, it's very difficult to do that. And that's one of the trade-offs that you make, right? Like 
no vacation time right now. You know, you I take three days, I take like a long weekend kind of a vacation versus um, like a two week long whatever. But then at the same time, you also have to think about where you are in life. Like if you asked me today, hey, do you want to take a two week sabbatical from Scouts Agency? I'd be like, no, I'm okay. Like that doesn't sound good for my body right now. That doesn't sound good for where I'm at in life. So if you need a sabbatical, like there's probably a reason you need it and you have to figure out what that reason is and how you're going to make it work. I think in the beginning of a business, if you need that sabbatical in the beginning of your business, like maybe this isn't the perfect path for you because in the beginning you shouldn't really want to take that much of a break because you're so in it and so, you know, obsessed and loving it so much. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't take breaks and unplug 100%. I believe in rest and unplugging and um, taking time for yourself without business and being present in the moment, which I do every single day. There's two hours, two to four hours of my day is unplugging every single day. Um, but I just believe that if you are starting a business, you know, sabbatical isn't isn't a good move in the beginning. I think there's definitely a place in your life where you can get to a point where you can take that sabbatical and enjoy every second of it. But I also wouldn't take the sabbatical if you're not at a point where you can physically turn off and enjoy. You know, like don't take the sabbatical if you have to check your email every day. That's not the point of that or the the two-week vacation or whatever it is. People always say it's so great because you can go on vacation and work, but I don't like being on vacation and working. I don't do well with the in-between. Like I'm either on vacation or I'm working. I'm not doing the whole both situation. And it stresses me out. So that's just me. If you can travel the world year round and work at the same time and that's your jam, like freaking all power to you. But I went to Italy and had a miserable week because I was trying to finish my work while my husband walked around Florence, you know? So it's, you know, it's, it's what works for you. Uh, For me, vacation doesn't work for me right now. It's just not it's something that I've put aside for later when I can more accurately and successfully manage that space so that I can truly enjoy the vacation. I really appreciate you saying that in the beginning of a business, you know, you you should be kind of all in. You should be doing it because, man, I think so many people think there's so much just there's so much out there about don't hustle and live presently and all that and i'm like okay i get all that i get it but there there is a place still i believe for hustle for hard work i haven't gotten where i've gotten without years of hustle and hard work you know what i mean like you've got to do that you've got to kind of put in put in the time and put in the work if you want something great on the other side and so it's actually really refreshing to hear someone who is uh, just over a year into their business say no this is this isn't the time for that I don't need a vacation right now I don't need a sabbatical what I need is is to work hard is to get you know my business where I want it I think that's really refreshing yeah and it's probably a super unpopular opinion but I personally really find inspiration from hustle culture I think that and this might really alienate people but I think that the narrative against hustle culture is an excuse for you to stay complacent in where you are and not feel the pressure of being something great I think that that narrative is keeping you where you are and you should really evaluate that and it's making you feel like oh it's okay if I didn't work really hard this week because you know society's telling me to be present and just be so I think that that's I cannot agree more with yeah. you. Yes, amen. All the praise hands. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for saying it. It's yes. just so true. Yes. Oh, goodness. Okay. Scout, this has been amazing. So, you guys, if you didn't catch 
um, our last episode with Scout where she talked about growing up with mental illness, still living with mental illness. You've got to check that out because it was so good. I mean, you've heard her today. She's raw and real and it's amazing. Um, Can you tell everyone who's listening where we can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. That's S-C-O-U-T-S-O-B-E-L. And everything is in my bio from my agency, Scout's agency, to my two podcasts, OK Says Podcast, which is more fun, pop culture, silliness. So you'll definitely see a different side of me there. And then Scout Podcast, which is my mental health solo episode podcast. And my DMs are open. My email's listed. I love getting in touch with people about entrepreneurship and mental health. And I'm an open book. That is perfect. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. You're You're welcome. Thank you. All right, Zimmerman Podcast listeners, is Scout not the perfect guest for us? I hope you loved what she had to say as much as I did. I mean, at some points, I was literally speechless. How often does that happen? I hope what Scout shared gives you the permission you need to dive into the projects you feel passionate about, pivot away from the projects that are no longer serving you, and bet on yourself early and often. If you loved something from today's episode, would you share it? Whether you tell a friend about Zimmerman Podcast, share a screenshot on Insta, or literally shout it from the rooftops, sharing about this podcast is what enables me to make more free episodes that keep serving you each week. Your shares, reviews, and feedback, they mean so much to me. That's it for today. I'll see you next week right here on Zimmerman Podcast. Podcast.